In today's show, it's mock draft time. Head-to-head, nine-category, 14-team draft. Let's go. Michael Bolton, what do you think? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Another mock draft today. 14 teams, 9 category, head-to-head, snake draft. I'm going to be joined by Mike Catron from the Watch the Boxes podcast as well. Uh, he's he's uh, over on uh, Hashtag Basketball. So he's going to be going through this mock draft with me. He's picking at 2. I'm picking all the way down at number 12. So a little bit of a deeper format here for you guys. But if you do want to get into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Championship, my 11-category, 27-round um, draft only no waiver moves during the season league. Um, that is going to be drafting Thursday, October the 14th at, I think, 8 p.m. Eastern in the U.S. $50 entry, uh, winner take all. We're also going to... I'll give you how to get into that in a sec. We are going to have a um, another prize for that, which I'm just working out the details, but it's going to be some sort of like uh, memorabilia based on your team. So uh, that's another prize that we've thrown in there. I'm just working out those details for that at the moment, but that is something interesting that will be coming with that draft. If you want in that draft, I think we've got four or five spots left in that league. What you need to do is head across to the... Oh, actually, no, on the YouTube... Let's do it on YouTube. On the YouTube channel, underneath this video, in the comments, I will pick someone at random. What you need to comment... Now, I have mentioned this before on many different things, but you have to get, you have to tell me correctly. You don't have to tell me because I know what it is, but you have to write it in the comments what the breed of my dog, Obi, is. You have to get it correct. You can't, he's, he's a crossbreed, so there's two different things. So you got to get both of them correct. You've seen Obi on this show plenty of times. You've seen him in my social media. He's all over the place. And I've mentioned plenty of times what breed of dog he is. So you've got to write what that is down in the YouTube comments below to get a spot into that league. So guys, go and do that. Now, so we don't interrupt the flow of the draft. I'll do my ad reads now. And if you're looking for parts for your car, Rock Auto is the place for you to go. Ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It can be often intimidating or just really a pain in the ass to go into a local chain auto parts store and talk to the guy behind the counter and have him not only make you wait in line, but make you wait for the parts and charge you more money while he orders the parts that only his warehouse happens to carry. What a waste of time and money. Rock Auto is an online family business serving auto parts customers for the last 20 years, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything you could need for your car. So go to rockauto.com, check out their amazing array of options and parts for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Do you have that problem of excessive sweating? It can be a real pain. 
you nobody wants to be in a scenario where they have to think, yeah, what color shirt do I wear today so I don't sweat through it and embarrass myself at work, at school, hanging out with my friends, with my family, whatever it is. Sweatblock is the doctor-created and doctor-recommended antiperspirant that helps eliminate that issue. The Sweatblock wipes, now I just got mine uh, delivered about a week or so ago. My son's been using it. He's been loving it. I've used it. It's been fantastic. The Sweatblock wipes, you wipe it on before you go to bed. You wake up the next morning before you go to do whatever you need to do. You know, sorry, you put your wipe, wipe it on at night before you go to bed. Wake up, have a wash, go do what you need to do. And it covers you up to seven days. That's unbelievable. Maybe it's twice a week you need to put it on in really extreme circumstances. Sweatblock cuts out this problem of excessive perspiration or, as those who listen to this show know, hyperhidrosis. So go to sweatblock.com and you can save 20% by using our promo code Locked On. You can also get it at Amazon. You can get it at CVS, but why wouldn't you want to save 20%? So go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code Locked On and save 20% on your antiperspirant of choice, which is, of course, Sweatblock. All right, now let's bring him in before we start this draft. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey. How's it going? Hey, Josh. What's up, man? It's a honor and a pleasure to be here. It's uh, it's good. This is the first uh, deeper league mock draft that I'm doing for this season. 14 teams, nine category head-to-head. This is the, I think it's the third uh, head-to-head category league that I've, uh, mock draft that I've done. I've done a 10, I've done a 12. This is a 14. We will do more 12-teamers as we move forward. Now, Mike, for people who don't know, who you are can just give us a, a rundown of what you do where they can find what you do talking about fantasy basketball for sure yeah uh i host the watching the boxes podcast you can find that wherever you can download podcasts with uh, tyler p watts shout out tyler uh you can find me on twitter at watch the boxes um yeah we just preseason. we ran down through all the teams we usually do a who do i draft series just to run through like the first six rounds with every first round pick um, and then throughout the season, we try to look at uh, waiver wires, trades, take viewer questions and stuff like that. If you like fancy basketball, let's try to assume so because you're watching this. Uh, check us out. You would think so. You would think if you're watching this channel <laughs> that you are into fantasy basketball, but you never know. People might, so. might do do things for different reasons. Who, who knows? Anyway, There's some weird people out there, man. There sure are. But uh, people who watch this show, they're not weird. They're awesome. We love them. We love all these people who are here watching this. We're here ready to do this draft. Um, of course, I guess the news today, Mike, before we get into this draft, we've got a few minutes before it starts, is Karis LeVert dealing with a, uh, a stress <sighs> fracture in his back. It's always something with this dude. Fractures in his foot kidney carcinoma last year stress fracture in the back how much are you discounting him now because of this news that they claim he'll be ready to start the season i'm not so confident oh, with that but what, what are you what are you doing with karis now it really sucks because i, I kind of like this guy i think he's he's pretty good um overall and fancy wise i think he's kind of like a mid-round player i don't it's a back man like yeah it's a problem. that seems really touch and go like feet back and shoulders seem to be like the real like lingering problems with NBA players that just uh, they don't seem to go away. And so I'm probably I think I've seen him go a little bit higher in drafts anyway than I like him kind of in like in the around that 50 range. And I like him just a little bit below that. And I don't I think I'm just going to be missing him, missing out on him all, all season long. Yeah, to me, he's more of a guy that I'd look at in the 60 to 75 range before this news. I push him probably outside the top 70 now. Um, and yeah, it means I'm probably not going to get him in, in most situations, but that would push him down. And yet, even yesterday, I did a, a show with Steve Alexander and he was like really high on him and he'd take him inside the top 50. And I'm pretty sure if I went back to Steve and spoke about it today, he wouldn't be looking at him inside the top 50. But if you wanted to get Karras, he probably needed to go that high in certain situations. But yeah, again, with what's happening now... Mm-hmm. 
I don't think we should be uh, be looking at it that way. But Mike, we're just going to get this uh, draft ready to go. So you know, through the magic of um, videos and hitting the pause button on the recording, we'll come back when this draft is uh, is ready to to kick off. So uh, we'll see you guys in what is like one second real time. But for us, it'll be a couple of minutes. Beautiful. All right, and we are here ready to go. We've got 45 seconds before the beginning of the draft. So let's flick it into the draft room right now and have a look how uh, how things are going to go in there. Um, all right, Mike, we are sitting. Nice. You're sitting here at the top of the draft. Pick number two behind Moderna Porter Jr. They're at number, uh, number one. Um, what are you doing with guys like uh, Kyrie Irving? Um, who's, I guess, in a slightly different situation to, say, a Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, um, other rumoured unvaccinated players like Kyle Kuzma, Josh Richardson, uh, maybe Michael Porter Jr. You know, I think Kyrie's probably the big one. The other guys, you maybe drop a mm. little bit. Well, that's how I'm viewing it. But what are you doing with Kyrie? Uh, I think I'm dropping him even even further. Um, the I'm just worried about what the league's going to do. Um, I would, I've been recommending people to just, if you can put off your draft until the NBA kind of comes out with an official statement, you should do it yep. uh, because, and that's on me. If I, if you heard that loud trumpet, uh, the, <laughs> I think the, uh, I never have turned my volume off on these things. Oh, it's a, yeah. That the, the fan tracks noise is a, a disaster. I just turned mine off. Now it's your pick. Jokic went at one. Nobody's surprised there, but Mike, what are you doing at two? Um, I think actually because of the Kyrie thing, uh, I'm more interested in Harden at two. Agree. Uh, this is head to head. Uh, I think it's hard to find what Harden does anywhere else. Uh, I don't like to punt right off the bat. So uh, like Giannis and Luca here would be fine if you like to punt, but I like to get just kind of like the best players available. And I feel like Harden, Steph Curry are kind of the guys at this spot. Um, so I'm going to go with Harden. Let me throw something out, Mike. I, I think that if Kyrie doesn't play home games, so that's maximum 41 games that he plays. Half, and we, yeah. And we know he's going to miss other time as well. I think Harden can go back to being number one. I wouldn't pick Absolutely. him at number one, but I if he finishes season number one, it's going to be no shock. Now, Curry is going to be in a situation where there's no Wiggins for half the year as well, potentially. So that helps his value. So I think both of those guys really do push Jokic. And while you know, taking Jokic at number one is still probably the right move, um, it's not as clear-cut, I don't think. Mm. Uh, I'm probably... If something weird is going to have to happen to get Jokic out of my number one spot, um, but like Curry could always be number one. Um, I even would put KD as like a one light. If, if, if Kyrie is out and KD wants to carry that team, he will. And if you look at a nine cat, like across the board type of, uh, uh, league, he's going to be in my top three. Um, but I'm probably going to switch out Harden into there for a head to head league. Um, yeah, it's, it's in, last year post all stuff. I've said this plenty of times on the show. Jokic wasn't number one. Curry was. And when when Murray went down, which is the 4th of April or something, Jokic was actually number three. Interestingly, in that last month, Sabonis was number one, Curry was two, and Jokic was three. So he's no guarantee to be number one the whole way through. Anyway, so we had an auto draft there. I don't know what, what, what this happens. Aiden was in the draft and he was chatting and just let it auto draft and picked Doncic at three. Curry goes at four, which is a steal for Josh as my actual papa. I don't think that's my yeah. dad, but anyway. And then Lillard goes, okay. Lillard goes at five. Um, I think that's too early for Lillard. What do you think? In a head-to-head league, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's a little too early. I mean, I love Dame. He's probably the most durable guy in the in the top eight, top nine. He's Is, is he, though? Like he, I he's, think he is. He's missed t- what, 10 games the last three, four years, I think, with 
recurring ankle problems. He used to be a guy that never missed games, but now he's missing that standard 10 games. Jokic is way more durable than Lillard, I believe. That's, um, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but I think, he again, there's that carryover idea that he didn't miss games for a long time, but he's had an ankle injury. It always seems to be around Christmas every year where he misses like a week to two weeks. I think he's just going to the Bahamas or something. I Maybe he just wants Christmas off. There's, 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 there's a possibility, but he hasn't been as durable as his first five years in the league. It has dropped off, and he's what, heading towards 30 now. Um, so we've got Lillard at five, Giannis at six, Towns at seven. I think Giannis at six is an absolute steal in a head-to-head draft. Yeah. I'd much uh, rather have Giannis than than Dame there. I, I would. Giannis to me is a clear top four head to head guy. Yep. Like Curry, Harden, Giannis, Jokic, very clear to me. Uh, Towns at seven's pretty good value. Durant at eight, Tatum at nine, um, and then we're coming up to me at twelve. I put myself at twelve because I wanted to put myself in the situation where do I take Bradley Beal if he's there? Because I think he's going to slide to me, and do I take that um, risk of him being? Uh, unvaccinated and yeah, potentially missing more games due to protocols. And then today he came out and said, or oh, maybe I will get vaccinated. And he did that. I'm just asking questions. Bullshit, which is yeah. just bullshit. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see if that's what oh, is my pick. I better make a selection here. So Embiid <laughs> went at 10. Paul George went at 11. You can chat for a second while I work out what I'm going to do and whether I take that risk on Beal. I am not yeah, going to. I don't to. think I'm taking a risk on Beal. Um, I would have up until, you know, up until yesterday. Um, and that's why I'm saying wait. If you can wait with for your drafts, do it. Um, I don't think Beal should get out of the second round, though, even if you are worried about his playing time. Um, I think people, you know, NBA players like to get paid. Uh, I think they're they're in it to uh, play basketball. And I, a majority of them, I think, will either come around due to either the players union or the association or however it all pans out. But I'm, I'm in a wait and see mode right now. So I'm not taking any risk with my first two picks. Tatum went at nine and beat at 10. Paul George at 11, who was what I, who I wanted, wanted at 12. I took Anthony Davis at 12. He's going to play more center this year. Hopefully his free throw is correct. Hopefully he blocks more shots, which dropped off last season. Now, Mike, maybe this is wild, and we'll get him back to my pick in a second, but how crazy, what would you think if at the end of the season, Anthony Davis was the number one fantasy player again, like he was for many years? It, it's not. It's not crazy to think. It's... I, I wouldn't say it would be the craziest thing in the entire world, but I'm. I'm. I would be shocked. Um, would you, you the, say the you, role, okay. the role there, right? Like with LeBron and now Westbrook coming in, stealing his rebounds. Like, wh- is he going to slide over to five? They say he's going to do that. Oh, I think he has. They to. say a lot of stuff in preseason, right? Like, um, how long will he stay at five? Uh, how long will it be until he's just hanging out in the corner shooting threes because they're either winning games or just doing just fine because Westbrook's. Um, you know, just carrying the team. How much is Westbrook's usage going to matter to the other two? Uh, I have a lot of questions with LA, and I, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't like reaching for any of those guys. Anyway, Beal went at 13. We'll go back to Davis in a sec. Beal went at 13, so I didn't get the chance to get him back in my second round, which I would have done. Uh, LeBron goes at 14, which is just not for me at all. And then Sabonis at 15, which also feels a little high, but I guess with no Warren and no Levert, then he's going to get that usage up. And as I said, last five weeks of the year, he was the number one fantasy player. I think that Rick Carlisle and the slowing slowing of pace, because they were playing at like a 106 pace down the stretch last season. They won't do that under Carlisle. That probably hurts Sabonis' minutes there. But uh, it's my pick here as Trey Young goes at 16. So tell me what you're thinking about Sabonis while I decide what I'm going to do here. I'm liking Sabonis. I um, actually... Uh, foolishly put a, a blind bid on uh, Sabonis for way higher than the rest of my uh, auction league thought uh, he was worth. And uh, I'm stuck with him, but I'm okay with being stuck with him, uh, especially in a, in a Roto League. He's across the board fantastic. You cannot find centers who get that type of assist outside of Jokic, obviously. 
and the forwards start drying up. Um, and I, I kind of want to leave my first three rounds with a big that I can rely on, that I can build around, because there's a run on forwards later in the draft. And I, I'm sure you've noticed this with uh, all the mock drafts you've been in, that all of a sudden some nice guards like Drew Holiday and Chris Paul, they start falling into the bottom of the fourth um, and they're great deals down there. I kind of want that deal, so I want to leave the top of the draft with at least a forward that I can rely on. Yeah, you need a big man because there's this massive run that happens in that 40 to 60 range or something, and you'll have like five or six forward, power forward centers go off the board all at once. And then you're left with, oh shit, the best center available is Mason Plumlee or Yucca Pirtle. And if you don't do that early, yeah. you are in trouble, and you are, you're right. There's a lot of these guards. There's D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, who you can get late. There's all these guys that appear later on as guards who are interesting. Now, I went with Jimmy Butler, and to be honest, I hate the pick. Like, I made it at 17. I didn't want to do that. Um, I, uh, my other options were Vooch, who just went at 19. I was thinking Levine, but I don't know how those are going to work together with DeRozan there, so there's uncertainty with, uh, with how that works. I still don't know how Butler's going to go with Lowry. There's uncertainty there. I was thinking Adebayo, but... Yeah, I think he's going to lose a lot of his assist opportunities this season with Lowry being a significantly better playmaker, ball handler, offense runner versus what Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic were. So that sort of you know, soured me on on those guys. So it was a, it was a tough one to um, to make, but I did end up with uh, Jimmy Butler there to go with Anthony Davis. I, I don't love the start to that draft, and there is risks for both of those guys, and I might need to go pretty pretty a bit safer, I think, with some of my next picks coming up. Yeah, you know Jimmy's going to miss his requisite 14 games at, at minimum, but the the steals are right. You know, you, you're rarely going to find any guys um, here in another round by the time the picks get back to you who can get you the steals and the rest of the stats across the board that Jimmy Butler can get. Um, I think you got to, you, whether you like the pick or not, I think you kind of have to make that Jimmy Butler pick because he's great. Yeah, well, that's, that's where I was at. I was like, I don't like it, but my other options are I like them less. So that's, and this is, this is a shit part of the draft, I reckon, this end of the mid to end of the second round. Like, it's shit. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to risk Levine, Vooch, Butler? Do you, do you know, Trey Young, who was in a top 20 guy last season? Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Actually, let's recap what we did. Van Vliet went at 18. I possibly should have taken Van Vliet, to be honest. I think he's going to be massive. Vooch at 19. He's going to have a great year. Donovan Mitchell at 20 feels really early to me. Um, yes. Lamelo Ball at 21 is probably a little bit early. And Bam at 22 is probably a bit late, but... Do you have those? It's getting to your pick, but do you have those same concerns about um, Adebayo and the lack of assists, which is one of his better categories that Lowry might impact that? Because the Heat people I've spoken to do believe that he will have the ball in his hands less. Yeah, I I think there will be a, like a, a notch down within um, with, with Bam's assist overall, but like Bam gets you so much more than that. You know, he gives you the, the a really nice uh, percentage for a big along with the steal and one steal, one block a game, decent rebounds. Uh, it it kind of hurts to get that like kind of lower scoring guy this early, but um, I, I like him at, uh, at 22, even if his assists kind of sneak down with Lowry taking a, a majority of the ball handling skills. I, I don't really think he should get out of the second round. I agree Especially with that. Deep no, I agree. He shouldn't get out of the second round. Oh, there goes. Okay, so Darren Fox goes at uh, 23, which is probably too early. Um, mm-hmm. Kyrie at 24. Um, now, that, that could be huge or it just could be a disaster. It, it's a swing for the fences, and I wouldn't do it at that spot. But Kyrie could come out next week and say, you know, I was just, uh, just asking questions and yeah, I'm actually yeah. vaccinated. Like, he could throw any bullshit out there Who knows? at any point. And... 
Yeah, that's going to be an issue now. I think it's getting up to your pick now, so I'll just talk through these. Levine goes at 25. It could end up being a massive steal. And then Zion goes at 26 with his uh, fractured foot, which doesn't appear like it's going to keep him out of regular season games, but who knows? It's it's another risk that's introduced into this second round. I probably wouldn't be taking a guy with a fractured foot heading into the season personally. Mike, it is your pick. Um, I should probably pick, huh? Um, you probably should make that pick, yeah. You're getting into a, a weird spot of the draft here where I think yeah, I know I, what I would do, but geez, it's tough. Okay. Oh, so talk, talk me through this as we get... Actually, you've got a second pick coming up. Well, you can have a think about this. Do you, You're you not worried about Randall losing usage hits to Kemba and Fournier? No, not so much. I think Randall is that team. He's the number one um, kind of like guy there. And in a head-to-head league, I, I want the points... Uh, first, and I want the rebounds, and I want to get a forward here. It, I think it was a bit of a reach. I got another pick coming back to me, so I'll probably end up with uh, somebody I, 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 I like as well. Um, but I like Julius Randle. I, I think he's a little bit underrated uh, with some of the drafts I've seen, uh, even some of the, the rankings I've seen. Uh, he should be someone who can continue to run that that offense and Thibodeau's going to play him tons of minutes oh there's no, that, there's no that, doubt that I'm about that. yeah there's no doubt about that I think he does lose some playmaking with Kemba there again you're replacing Alfred Payton with Kemba Walker so it is a it is a bit different a bit different to uh how things work uh, or how things worked last season after Randall went Shea Gildas Alexander to round out ah. round two and then Michael Porter Jr who were the two top guys on my board so uh you know don't get the pleasure of having those guys I was hoping one of them fell to me. Maybe I should have switched those picks up. I don't. I think if he did, Randall would have gone in one of those two picks there anyway. But your pick now at pick number 30. Um, hmm. Interesting what's available here. I think this is not a bad spot in the draft, really, uh, this area. It gets a little bit more clarity versus in that 16 to 20 sort of area, which can be a bit rough. Um, I think there's a bit more clarity about who, especially with some of the guys who are still on the board. Oh, yeah. Um, I like a lot of the guys here, but oh, time's running out, huh? Yeah, All and, right, and you're not right, picking right. for about another 20, 20 picks or something. Man, I'm going very unconventional um, with my draft here. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm going very unconventional. This is, uh, I think I'm going to get a lot of shade for, uh, for this draft. Um, I'm going triple doubles all the way down the board. Uh, we got Russell and, and James Harden. Uh, I'm now leading into a punt for the set-to-head league, and I'm going lots of points. I think everyone has accepted that Westbrook won't average a triple-double this season, but Mike, will he average 20 points per game? I think so, yeah. He's going to be taking a lot of shots. I think he's going to be taking a lot of... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the most shots on LA, and I said I was going to avoid the LA guys, and then I went <laughs> with Westbrook. So I'm just uh, full of contradictions, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think Westbrook will... Take the most shots on LA, and he'll carry a lot of the load. LeBron's getting old; uh, he's carried the load for a very long time. LeBron's going to do what LeBron does, um, but I think Westbrook's going to be a very important. If that team is going to be successful, he has to be an important part of them being successful. He does. He, does, he has to be. He has to be important. He has to be successful there for them. Um, interesting to see how it goes. Now, after him, it went Gobert. I probably would have gone Gobert there, but it depends on how you're looking to structure your team as well. Um, he went at 31. Christian Wood goes yeah. at 32. Mm. I, I don't mind that for Wood because we've talked about the lack of power forward centers and how it does dry up and Wood's usage will be helped by John Wall's absence. 
And if you're looking at first half pre-injury Christian Wood, this is a great pick. If you're looking at post-injury Christian Wood, it's a terrible pick. I think that that horrendous free throw percentage from Wood will correct itself this season and you'll get it back to yeah, low to mid-70s, which is where he'd been at every other stop in his career outside of the, the weird 65 that he was shooting last season. So I, I don't mind that Christian Wood at 32 and then Brandon Ingram goes at 33. And he is he's taking that title, I think, Ingram, of being just... It's him... Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton of just being dead set boring, but just effective yes. and consistent at what they do. And that's great at this point of the draft. And I think that gets overlooked a little bit. Yeah, not fun at all to own. You kind of just sit there and like, oh, here's another pretty decent night from for Brendan Ingram. Yep. But those add up. They add up every single week. And those are all solid picks. Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little worried about. Are you worried about any of that news about Zion with the broken foot? Because that's that's suspect. We didn't know about it. I'm 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 worried about it just because it's a broken foot and he's a big guy, and I don't know. I don't know what it's going to mean for the season coming up, but it definitely drops him down, and that therefore boosts up Ingram and Valanciunas and Alexander Walker and Graham. Even all those guys get a little bit of a boost there in uh, ball handling, usage, shot attempts, all that, and minutes. Even uh, maybe it helps a deeper league for a Trey Murphy who might get minutes in place of Zion if he does happen to miss time. It's definitely a worry. Mm-hmm. After Ingram went Jalen Brown, which I think is a really good pick at thirty-four. Not sure Brown's got too many more gears to get above that, but it's fine. Booker's at thirty. Still pretty young. Yeah, he is. But I just don't, uh, what is it that he gets better at? Maybe it's passing. Maybe he's a cis rise. I just don't think he's ever really shown that. Um, but maybe that can come. And then Booker goes at 35, Holiday at 36, which, again, feel pretty okay. Booker is going, Mike, a lot higher than what his actual numbers last year would suggest. Yes. Um, why do you think that is? I, I know why I think that is, but why do you think? Uh, because a lot of people watched basketball two years ago or three years ago. Um, the Booker's always kind of been up there with just this wild guy who scores a lot. And Chris Paul came on to that team. They started playing a, a different style of ball that um, allowed Chris Paul to do what he's the best at, and then they went to the finals. I don't know why they would change that formula. Um, I don't know why DeAndre Ayton would suddenly uh, go back to uh, where he was a, a few years ago or Devin Booker would go back to a few years ago. Um, I think people are targeting him maybe for the points here, but the points were only fine last year instead of uh, absolute out of control. So I don't know why people are reaching for him, but I, I would not. What am I going to do here? After I was going to take Chris Middleton, but he went at 37. Chris Paul goes at 38. Anthony Edwards whew, goes at 39. Well, he wasn't on my okay. radar at that point in particular. Now, yeah, I've got a couple a of high. options, which are going to be a bit reachy, or do I just go with the rock solid of... Ooh, what do I do here? I think what I might do is, mm, you know what? Let's just do it. Rock solid, boring ass, thick hogsman, Tobias <laughs> Harris. It's boring as shit. Um, but after a couple of riskier early picks, I feel pretty confident with getting Toby there. And then hopefully some of the guys that I was going to take the flyer on. Well, Aiton was another guy that I was considering. He just goes at 41. Um, I've got a couple of names that I was thinking of. I can tell you who they were because you're not picking in front of me. I was, I was debating whether to take Porzingis or Jaron Jackson there. Um, and I think I can get one of them coming back to me at whatever the next pick is. I think Jaron Jackson, but I think I'd rather have I think I'd rather have Porzingis. I, I, I there's a, I mean all the reports out of Dallas, and once again it's preseason, it's media day. Everybody's super healthy. Everybody's as fit as they've ever been in their entire lives. But when Chris Stapps is healthy, when Chris Stapps is playing at 
his highest level, he's like a top 25 player. Oh, I mean, easily. Great. Yeah, look, he's, he's awesome if he plays. And last season, he was coming back from knee injury. He's not coming back from that now. Um, I, I People overreact. Oh, they've got to get rid of him. He's trash. Like, it's just, that's just not true. Like, he, maybe he's not living up to the standard that some people may have unrealistically set for him. But he's actually still really good. And especially for fantasy. it's not They're not going to come in and go, well, Chris Stapp's my guy. You stop taking shots so that Dorian Finney-Smith can be the second option. Like, that's just not going to happen. Porzingis is going to have this role, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I probably will take him if it gets if he gets back to me in these next two. Dejounte Murray goes at 42. It feels probably a little bit early. Okay. Today. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a bit early. I think people well, people, people loved. Oh fuck, Porzingis just went. There he is. Ah, that gives me. I I should have dropped this, but let's just do it now. Oh fuck off! Hey, fuck <laughs> off! Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so now let's recalibrate. Um, what do you, uh, talk about Dejounte while I think about what I'm going to do after this bastard just took Puzingas off me. Yeah, Dejounte is. Um, I mean, the Spurs have to put all of those shots somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are on uh, White, and a lot of people are on De- Dejounte, uh, and and more people than I thought are on Keldon. And I'm not as high on Keldon as a lot of people are, but Dejounte feels like the safest person in a head-to-head league to draft from the Spurs, uh, where he was drafted here before Porzingis, before Jordan Jackson, that's too early. Um, but he's going to give you those rebounds from a guard spot, and that's a, that's a rare stat. Um, the Seals are going to be good. I think he's going to shoot more. He, he's going to be a very good guard and a very untraditional guard. And if that fits your build and he's not going to get back to you, especially in a, in, a, in a deeper league, I don't know if I can argue with it, but I'd still rather have Christos. All right, so... My option of taking Jaron Jackson just got sniped from me as well, which absolutely pisses me off. I'm going to take Rashawn Holmes there at number 45. Okay. Jackson went at 44. Look at that. Pozingas at 43, Jackson at 44. I, I could not say fuck off any stronger to those two guys. <laughs> that is annoying. But Holmes goes at 45 to me, and Ananobi goes at 46. Do you think? I think Holmes is fine there, and I'm sure you agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Do you think Holmes people. Ananobi at 46. Do you think people are potentially overvaluing Ananobi? Now, I'm a massive OG fan, and I have been for a long time. And famously, on this podcast three years ago, I said, I think he's going to be a better player than Siakam. And everyone clowned me for it, right? And then Siakam had a breakout season, and I looked absolutely stupid. But I I think that his value is so highly tied into being this gigantic steals guy that not everything else comes good. And I think he's going to improve a lot in efficiency, but I reckon he might be getting just taken almost at peak value uh, at the moment in drafts. Yeah, he's well-rated in uh, wherever you're drafting. He seems to be well-rated. Everybody seems to also like him, whoever's rating these uh, players in these uh, in these draft boards. But, man, like, a lot of the, like, across-the-board stats are there. Like, he can do all those things. He's aggressively young. His, like, across-the-board stats kind of remind me of, like, a, like a young, good Otto Porter where he's doing everything yeah. incredibly well. The problem with those kind of guys is if they fall off at all, which I don't think OG will, but if they fall off at all, they're suddenly down in like the 60s instead of in the 30s. And uh, I think that's the risk of taking him at peak value, which a lot of people are taking OG Nova at peak value. But when you look at Toronto and the current injuries there and the playing time that OG's going to get, you are going to get a guy who's going to be given the ball a lot more than he will later in the season. So you're getting that value early. And, you know, the the season starts when the when, after the draft, not during the draft. So if you can move him for a player 
of equal value. It's like, yeah, I drafted him at 45. He's a 45 guy player. Um, then trading him after uh, after a hard start is like, it's kind of a good idea. After Ananobi went Ben Simmons at 47, which is a hugely Ooh. risky pick as well. Um, and then we, we talked about this already, but look at the big man here. Nurkic at 48, which yeah. I love. Turner at 49. Lonzo goes at 50, which is fine. Um, Clint Capella goes at 51. John Collins at 52. And Draymond Green at 53. These are all center eligible players. Like these are, It's like five or six in a row just went. Draymond, uh, top 20 player in, in the second half or for the last 40 games of last season for over half the year. You never draft him there. You don't go anywhere near him there. But sometimes he flies down to like, you know, pick 70, which is is a real steal. He was awesome and did it whilst... He was top 20 while scoring eight points per game. So a, a name to uh, consider there. But I think you know, where he goes here at this point is probably correct, but you see so many centers flying off. What's your view on Clint Capella? Because I see a lot of people think, oh, he's so wildly undervalued. He, sh- he should be getting picked in the 20s or you know early 30s. And I think his poor free throw percentage can be an issue there. He rebounded out of his mind last year, which was career best rebound rate. And now he enters training camp again with that sore Achilles. Now, this same thing happened last year. We went, oh, no, we, maybe we can't draft Capella. And then he had a, a huge year. But that, that's a worry that it just keeps occurring, this Achilles issue. Yeah, I think that is that is a bit of a worry. But when Clint, man, I don't know. I really like Clint Capella. Like, I, I don't think he should be in the 20s. I think that's a little absurd. I think that's a little old school looking at like, Oh, I got to get uh, back in the day when you had to get Drummond in the second round. It's like I got to get that 14 rebounds, 15 rebounds in the second round, so I can just lean into my punt free throw strategy. And it's your I, pick, by the I way. don't like playing playing that way. It's your, um, your yeah, pick. Let me, let me Five see here. seconds. So I'm a little, I'm also pissed off. All the guys I was targeting just went off the board, and I think I just missed my pick. So uh, there goes that. Um, all right, I got John Morant. I didn't do, mean to do that. Let's um, let's let's re- rewind it because you are um, you are talking with me. Okay, go. This is like the hardest thing to do. I've done it a few times. It's, it's doing so a draft hard. and trying to draft. Go, you're up. There you go, CJ McCollum. There you go. All good. All right, um, uh, CJ. Okay, I, I don't know if I would have I would have gone that direction, but that's uh, fine. Talk me into CJ at fifty five. It's, it's not too high, but talk me into it. Now, CJ is exactly what CJ is. Another boring good player. Um, the half a block. The almost steal. It's back Is to it your pick, so you don't miss it again. Just, great. just a heads oh, up. Thank you, man. Robert um, Williams and Derek White just went in between there. Uh, I, so I didn't mention Colin Sexton at fifty-four, CJ at fifty-five, Rock DJ, Rob Williams at fifty-six, and then Derek White at fifty-seven, and then back to you at fifty-eight. All right. Um, yeah, CJ's boring, but he's going to get the the, the, the th- points. Which in your a deeper league, I'm looking to do more points. Uh, I, I'm looking at points first because they disappear really, really quickly after a hundred. And I'm trying to get as much points as I can, as much threes as I can uh, at this point because I'm leaning into a field goal punt and a, and a turnover punt because of, for some reason, going with Westbrook and uh, Julius Randle there at the top. So um, I don't know. I think CJ's perfectly boring and fine uh, at this spot here because no one really jumps out to me within this spot. I really wanted one of those bigs like Nurkic. Uh, or Turner, I would have liked Clint Capella even uh, at, at that spot, or Lonzo, who I think is going to have a great year. But um, I had to go boring because really, what's left on the board isn't isn't reaching out to me as anything I need. And there's a lot of guards left, which I just went against my own advice of getting bigs at the beginning of the draft. Once again, uh, there's plenty of guards, and I don't need any guards. So after White was Siakam, which you selected, um, and then Jar Moran at, at 59 and Gordon Hayward at 60. But I want to touch on something that you said. You'll often see 
spouted maybe it's on reddit or on twitter or on a forum or whatever saying people say you know what 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 stats can i get off the waiver wire and people will every time say points right which is true to a degree because every nba player scores points right but you can't get any good scorers off the waiver wire it is impossible to do that you cannot get anyone who an average in a 12-man league when we're talking 14-man league here so it drops a bit in a 12-team league the average point score across every rostered player is like 17 and a half 18 so no matter who you get off the waiver wire, they are significantly below average. So they might yes. average 10 points or 12 points. And while 12, that is that is still a number, that is obviously they're still getting points, but they are bringing your team's average way down. Whereas you find someone off the waiver wire that can get you a block or one steal, that's above average. That actually helps your team in terms of the overall average there. So while you can't, everyone on the waiver wire will score a point, or 10 points or seven points getting good scorers is actually literally impossible to get off the waiver wire. No, you're never going to catch up. If, if you're trying to put a bunch of 12 to 15 point scores, stream them in with whatever your games max is or whatever, you're never going to catch up to the league average in points with your top 100 players. It's just not going to happen. Threes off the waiver wire, steals off the waiver wire, knock yourself out. You can get them. You, you can you, points. You cannot do it enough unless you've got unlimited ads, unlimited streaming, and you're just adding three blokes in a day. You you just won't catch up. So that is a misnomer that gets put out a lot. Now I'm getting ready for my pick. I'm just going to recap what happened there. After Morant at 59 was Haywood 60, Valanciunas 61, Mikael Bridges 62, Darius Garland at 63 is who I wanted, and then Terry Rozier at 64. Anything there stand out to you as being weird? Or D'Angelo Russell at 65 as I get ready for my pick? Anything stand out to you as being weird or good or bad? Not so weird, but um, Darius Garland sneaking up the draft boards um, all over the place. At some point, I feel like he, it, it, when he busts into the top fifty, that's going to be too high for my blood. Yeah. Um, but in a head-to-head league for you, is Mikel Bridges really is is he really worth um, like a, a fifth-round pick here? Um. I, I probably wouldn't have taken him yet. Where where are we? Pick six. Oh, I don't I don't mind him at sixty two. I probably yeah, look 62. at him more towards seventy, like that sort of area. But it's if you want him, I, I don't mind it. He's a good all round sort of guy, and it probably better, a little bit better in a, in a roto situation. It is my pick now, so I better yeah. make the selection. Um, Levert just went off the board, and then Brogdon. So what I'm going to do here is I don't know. Um, all right, I'm going to do this because he's not going to. He might get back to me, but. Oh shit! Um, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's go with Isaiah Stewart. Let's load up on some bigs. Okay. Um, yeah, you're just taking all the bigs that I need. I really yeah, because I know that they're just going to be gone now. Like uh, after this, there's not many big men left, and it gives me a bit of a boost, and I can go and scoop up some other guards and wings with these next couple of picks. Tyrus Halliburton goes after that at at 69. Um, Stewart, we assume is going to be ready to start the season with his ankle injury, but. We don't know that for sure. And we hope that he starts over Kelly Linick, but it would be a very Dwayne Casey thing to not to not start him and you know start you know, put Corey Joseph and uh, Kelly Linick out there in the starting lineup, but uh, hopefully that doesn't actually happen. DeRozan was someone I would hope would get back to me, but there he goes at 70. And I've got two more picks. Uh, I'm considering uh, Kyle Lowry with my next selection. Um, I'm considering Kemba Walker, but I'm, I'm not 100% confident in that. See, there's plenty of good guards down here. Like, and there that's is. I, I'm already hitting my draft because I did exactly the opposite of what I wanted to do, getting a bunch of guards. Kyle Lowry is intriguing. Kimba Walker could be great per game if he plays. Um, obviously, Kevin Porter's hanging around down here. Mike Connolly is not bad. So there, 
Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs also could be very, very good guards for your teams. I like the fact that Suggs will come out, they'll start, they'll play a lot. They're going to give that guy the ball all the time, even though his percentages might be bad. There's plenty of guards down later in the draft. And um, if you don't get those forwards like I did not do, or centers, especially with the blocks, then you're kind of you're out of luck. This bastard, I, I was going to take Cade with my next pick, and he gets him on an auto pick. Did he mean to do it, or did he just, or did just bad luck just uh, kick me in the ass there? Um, beautiful. You're getting stream swiped all day. Oh, it's not good. Um, all right. I, I do need a guard because I have none. I think Jimmy Butler might be guard eligible. Oh, he's not actually. Holy shit. All right. So I, I need really? a guard. Really? Yeah, that's weird. Not guard eligible at all. Oh, there you go. Another center gone. Yucca Pertle at 72. This is what happens. You just need to reach because you, you, you're in trouble. Now, I've got to make a pick here. Um, I think Kemba is falling just too far here. And we're at pick 73. I think it's, I think it's got to be him. Why not? I think, I, think yeah. it has to, I think it has to be Kemba for me. I had another guy that I was debating, but I think it's just got to be Kemba. He could average 20 points a game in New York. He, he might not, but he could. And again, getting he plays those points is tough. The right weeks, right? If he plays the right weeks, you're going to win that week because you just got uh, a guy who's going to be playing in the top 40, maybe even top 30 at times, uh, 73. So it was top 40 in the last two and a half months of last season, oh, and yeah, played like absolutely fantastic. Didn't miss a huge amount of games in that time either. And if he plays 70 games, 67 games. I'll take that at this spot. I think on a per-game basis, he can beat this number. The other guy I was debating was Kyle Lowry, who went at 75. Boucher in the middle there at 74. What's your thoughts on Boucher this season? Do you think that they start him with Siakam out to begin the year? Uh, I think almost they have to because they just don't have much depth hanging around on that that, that team. I think Boucher will actually play decent minutes, kind of like he did last year, have that uh, hot start where everybody's going to be looking at him. He's going to be getting a lot of blocks. He's going to be uh, another, like everybody's fancy sleeper darling. They picked him up off the waiver wire. And I think he's still getting drafted like that. His second half when the Raptors were not great and not trying to do anything, uh, they still didn't play him. Like it doesn't seem like he is a part of their future. It doesn't seem like he's, he's almost, a part of their core five. He's almost 29. So, like he's not young. Yeah, no, he's what? Yeah, he's like 28. Yeah, he's, he's 28 and a half. Like, he's going to be turned 29 <laughs> this season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, there's not a lot of up. The Maybe you can get rid of him, but I think if you, anyone's in the know, they're going to be able to tell that you're trying to get rid of a guy who's going to not play that much once Siakam gets back. Um, so... I mean, I don't, I don't want him outside of the, you know, the top eighty. Yeah, I don't mind him in that area as well. I, I, I think that he could start, but they could also. Nick Nurse has done this in the past, and Dwayne Casey even did it when Siakam was a rookie. Like, just throw Scotty Barnes in there. Let's just start him and see what happens, and have him and Anobi run the three four until Siakam returns, and then Boucher gets scrap minutes behind Ken Birch and Precious Achua and behind Barnes and behind Anobi and still plays just 23, 24 minutes a night because Nurse clearly doesn't trust him to play huge minutes. He just he just doesn't, and I don't think that's changing. I don't think he's going to say, well, now Pascal's out. Can you play 30-plus minutes? I just don't. If you played 30-plus minutes, then this is a huge deal. It's just zero chance of that happening. Now, after Boucher was Lowry at 75, we mentioned Kevin Porter at 76, which is probably the right spot for him. Jeremy Grant at 77, Jared Allen at 78, and Kyle Anderson at 79. I think Anderson, that's too high for him. Um, yes. Not going to play anywhere near as many power forward minutes as he did last season, which is where he was really good and lost value playing at small fort. I don't like that for him there at all. And Allen, I think Jared Allen at 78 might be a little bit too high as well. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Something's got to give in Cleveland, right? Yeah, it's weird. They uh, they got uh, Adam Mobley. They're going to be messing around with Lowry Markin for some reason. And then Jared Allen is also good. Right. So all those players. Yeah, I want right? to ask you something here, Mike. Now, you're a Bulls fan. Um, so yeah, I, I talk about the Cavs lineup and I'm like, you know, I think you know, Mobley and Allen, I think is going to be their starters. And every person's like, what about, what about Lowry? Lowry's going to start. Lowry's there. He's there. Like he's, he's actually not good. Is he? He certainly wasn't good last year. He's a bit of a one trick pony. Um, he will shoot threes. He's defense is a liability. The, um, can't pass. Pit, yeah, no, he, he's, he doesn't do anything else other than shoot, and he's a good shooter. Yeah, He's a very good shooter. If you need to stretch four to come in off the bench and do some things, fantastic. There's a reason why – I don't know why Cleveland paid for him, but there's there's a reason why the Bulls weren't trying to – we're just trying to get rid of him for scraps. Well, there's a reason is, that Cleveland is the team that paid for him as well. Like Some of their decisions have not been particularly great. No, not at all. They're they're a mess, and uh, they're going to continue to be a mess, and I'm totally okay with that. All right, it's your pick now, so you can talk th- or you can think what you're going to do, and I'll just go through what happened there. Anderson at 79, Buddy Heald at 80, which is totally fine. Marcus Smart at 81. That couldn't end up being a huge deal. A lot of people seem to think that Marcus Smart isn't a point guard or isn't a good passer, and that he'll come off the bench. He's the best passer on that team by a considerable margin. He is a very good point guard. Um, people just like, well, he's not this offensive guy. He's actually really good at offense, and he's a good three-point shooter. He just sometimes has some poor shot selection and poor field goal percentage, but he is by far their best point guard. Uh, he's a much better passer than Dennis Schroeder, you may want to disagree with that. Go and ask Anthony Davis how how much he liked Dennis Schroeder's passing last season, and, and you'll see. And then Covington goes at 82. Smart, get, Smart he's going to hurt your... Ah, Bogdanovich, I was hoping he'd slow back to me. Um, Smart is a guy that is going to hurt your field goals, but if you're getting him and punting that category, then, yeah, look, he, if he was a top 60 guy or 50 in a punt field goal, there's, there's absolutely no reason why that can't be the case. He's actually really good, and I think he gets significantly undervalued as a passer because, and they go, well, look at his assists. He's literally played shooting guard for the last five years. And they've had you know, Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving. And now here's the chance for him to be the point guard. And I think you'll see some pretty good numbers from him. It's back to you again. Uh, after yeah. uh, you picked it's Bogdan, quick, Bogdan It's a quick back to back here. I it like is. Bogdan. I mean, like I, I said, like I got to lean into my uh, weird build that I started out with. So I got to lean into my points. I got to lean into my threes. Uh, and all the, I guess I'm ignoring quite a bit of the percentages. Um, I really like, I mean, I love Miles Bridges. I don't like him that high. But he's not coming back to me. No, I think this is the right, the right spot for him. I, I probably would have taken him at my pick if he, if he gets through to me. He was a guy that I'm targeting because PJ Washington just went at 85. I don't know if PJ starts or if Miles starts. I think irrespective, they play about the same minutes anyway, 30 to 32, regardless of how of how it goes because there's no backup center on this team. So PJ is going to play power forward and get all the minutes at backup center unless they're trusting Vernon Carey or Kai Jones, which they're not. No. So uh, he's going to play a lot of minutes there. And then... So you do go with Bridges at 86, who was great last year. I worry a little bit with Bridges because he took this gigantic step forward in his shooting percentages. Mm. I, if that doesn't stick, where where is he? Because he was shit out the year before. Remember, he had this huge opportunity. Like, oh, I'm drafting this guy. And then he couldn't hit anything. And then last year, he went to a smaller role and all of a sudden, everything went in. Is it somewhere in between? Is he a good shooter? Is he a bad shooter? I, I don't know. But I think we're... We are pricing a lot into him being this great shooter from last season, and it may not—it may not be real. It probably is, but it may not be. I think he's young enough for me to take the chance at this spot in the draft to find out. Yeah, I think um, that's fine as well. I just think, 
I like him across the board with the blocks and steals. Um, I, I, I think the opportunity is there for him to win the role, like a starting role. I watched a lot of Charlotte last year. I really, I mean, I just want to see LaMelo ball play, but I was just drug in because I thought they're like a fun young team. Miles Bridges just looks like a really good NBA player. And sometimes when you're looking for, I think a young sleeper, one of those first, you know, three-year players, you, the eye test is actually somewhat important into that calculus because if you, if you're um, Boucher and you can't, and, and you can't stay on, you have good stats, but you can't stay on the court. Well, those stats will never get better, but I think Bridges will stay on the court. will be on the court more. will be closing out games. And that to me is enough for me to, to, to take him here. It's like watching Tony Roten play for the process sixes and you see his stats and you go, Oh man, look at those stats. Then you watch him play and you go, no, thank you. Like there is, there is no way this guy is lasting in the league. Uh, given, yeah, what, given what he is doing. Um, Jonathan Isaac goes at 87 per game. Uh, he, he could smash it, but I, I don't know that he plays 60 games. Dan Gafford at 88, much like we talked about with some other guys earlier. It could be great early in the season, but when Bryant comes back, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Are they going to sit Harrell? Are they going to sit Bryant? Are they going to sit Gafford? Are they going to play three centers? There's really a lot of ways that that can go wrong, but I do still like it. He's clearly their best defensive big man by the absolute length of, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Gafford is a little high in here, but like the value you're going to get right out of the back, the trade value you might get right out of the back, the blocks that you're going to accumulate right off the back um, uh, in those first weeks, like that's going to matter. So like this isn't a terrible reach in my opinion. Gafford is really good. Like he he should have played more when he was a bull. He definitely was one of the better defenders um, on the court, which isn't saying a whole lot. But Gafford's going to play. And even when Bryant comes back, they're going to need Gafford in that rotation. They are. Um Getting to my pick here. Oh, every time. Fuck. Man. Norman Powell. Was, I was going to take Norman Powell there, and he just went. So um, let's go through uh, Dinwiddie, Mitchell Robinson, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Norman Powell, and I have to reassess what the hell I'm doing here because that was yeah. not a deal. I'm going to go with another Knicks player. I want some scoring. So Ivan Fournier is coming in, and I need a guard. Um okay. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I think that Fournier is going to play 30 minutes and if he succeeds and Tibbs will play him a lot. I don't love it. I wanted Powell and I didn't get him. Um, all right, interesting. RJ Barrett goes at 97. In a head-to-head league, it's Ugh. too high for me. Yeah, I mean, in any league, it's too high for me. Um, I guess uh, if no, you're... In a points league, well, it's, it's a deep league. In, in yeah. a points league, I, I think he's a top 80 guy in a points league. Like That's no problem, but... In a category league, he's just got there's too many, you know, low assist, rebound, steals, blocks, field goal, free throw percentage, and you know, not a high he's volume of threes. Just giving give you points. That's it. He could take that's, a step forward. That's all. It's year three. Yeah, he he could improve on those things. But again, when you show me what you do in college, and then you show me the same thing in the NBA with marginal improvements, and I'm not, you know, super interested in in expecting a you know 40 spot rise or 30 spot rise in rankings based on that it might happen a- andrew wiggins that's a uh, auto draft that's a terrible pick i think i don't think he's draftable no absolutely not he's not good enough to draft uh, with that risk and i used to be taking jonathan isaac around here happily just g- giddily taking jonathan isaac down here and to me he's actually one of the weirder holdouts um i it, it wouldn't be the weirdest world uh, if 
Jonathan Isaac doesn't even play this year because he chooses not to. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's oh yeah. Okay. Let's get back to my pick. You talked. You mentioned Calden Johnson before. I didn't pressure you on that further. He goes at ninety nine. Too high for me. Tell me about why you think it's too high. Oh yeah, I think it's uh, way too high. <sighs> Calden Johnson. We've seen him play decent minutes. We've seen him do things for the Spurs within the system. Certainly, he could continue to get better. Right. He's he's young enough to get better. But when will the? There's not never going to be assists. Um, the steals are going to be pretty mediocre. The block, there's no uh, blocks the, there. The rebounds are mediocre. Are the percentages are not great. His steals are useless. They were 0.6 last year, I think, or 0.7. Like just useless numbers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very mediocre, even in a top 100. Like I don't know where this adds up. There's some rebounds. There's some points, and nothing else. I. I, I know I drafted Isaiah Stewart, and I don't believe in handcuffing players. I think I'm going to take Kelly Olynyk here because I think on his own, oh. he's got value around this spot, around this pick 100. But if he does end up getting minutes and Stewart's not ready, then he's a top 70 guy. So I think there's I enough value here on, on his own with upside to go higher. So let's go with Kelly Olynyk at pick 101. I've seen Olynyk go in the 70s in some drafts and that's too high, but this is, I think, around the right spot. And uh, Will Barton went at 100, which Barton's a guy that I like it 120, 140. I think he's yeah. ranked on Yahoo's 155. 100 is fine, but I'm not I'm not sure that you needed to go that high. Devontae Graham goes at 102, which again, I think is pretty good. There's been, yeah, most of these picks have been pretty spot on, I think, in this draft. There's been a few yeah. ones that have uh, caught our eye, but there's a lot of guys around most, here. Oh, that's the other guy I wanted. Mason Plumlee. Mostly my picks. I feel like I've caught my eye. I was like, what, who's that guy? What's that guy doing? The... Um, Man, Will Barton, he's going to play, right? But it's far too high. But I love the Kelly Olenek pick. Um, he, why wouldn't he be playing 28 to 30 minutes a game? I think he's playing like, minimum 25, and yeah. he might go. The, the I thing think is more, that, man. There's, he's the backup center, right? That, that's fine. And the problem is that at power forward, I guess they can slide Sadiq Bay over there and play some of those minutes. But then who plays at the three? Josh Jackson, I don't think they should have too much trust in him to do that, but maybe they do. I, I don't know. Their, their, their power forward stocks are pretty thin if you don't include Sadiq Bay there. It's basically Grant and, and Alinek. There's no, unless Isaiah Livers isn't ready for that role just at this point. Oh, man. It's coming back up to me. I'm still just very short on. I looks like I'm punting blocks at this point because there's not a whole lot going on here. Yeah, because I took all the centers. The, the, yeah. Well, we'll make some trades in this league. <laughs> um, after Graham was Mason Plumley, which I like at 103. Again, Charlotte has no centers. Like It's him and PJ. And then TJ McConnell goes at 104. Now, McConnell, if you look at just ranking numbers... Oh, actually, this gives me... I've got to do this because this is a, a new sound drop. Jordan Clarkson goes at um, 100 and whatever it was, 105. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. There it is. Um, right. <laughs> TJ McConnell... Yeah, if you look at pure ranking numbers last year, he was like you know, 70th or something on the back of insane assists and insane steals. Levert hurt, Warren hurt. But we still have to have trust that Rick Carlisle is going to go, yeah, I love TJ McConnell as much as Nate Bjorkman did, and he's going to play that much, and he's going to maintain something that he'd never really done at that level in the past. I, I don't mind him here, but also if TJ McConnell didn't get drafted in the top 150, I, I don't think that's completely outrageous because he's just he really is just a specialist, Mike. Yeah, I don't know though because when you're in a deeper draft like this, that, that uh, is those like kind of specialists are a bit rarer. Yep. 
Um, maybe in just like a regular standard league, um, you ignore uh, TJ. You don't you don't care. But if you're just crap in assists, uh, getting no, assists this late, why not? Absolutely. If in this sort of league, again, if you need that, these numbers are going to dry up, and there's not going to be many guys around. I think it's probably a little bit early. And yeah, the guys that went after TJ were Jordan Clarkson, which I'm not certain about. Um, Al Horford at 106. I don't know what I don't know what to make of Horford this season, to be honest. Josh Giddy at 107. I like Giddy. 40 spots later than that. I think he can get to this level, but I think you're taking him at almost at peak value, and you're going to be nowhere near this for the first two to three months of the season. I don't think you want to do the same strategy as your later picks, right? You're you're looking at maybe 110. You're like, oh, I'll just start taking some chances. Nah, go for boring. Go for regular in a deeper draft. We're like, still in round eight. Start getting minutes. Yeah, we're in round eight here. We're not we're not on our bench yet. We've still got yeah, a bit of time to go. So Giddy Lopez at 108, Boyan Bogdanovic at 109. I think Bogdanovic can beat this number because his wrist was screwed up last season, and he did come on at the end end of the year, and then. Mike, oh, actually, Evan Mobley goes Sadiq. at 110. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay goes at 111. Um, I think Sadiq Bay, and when you talk about boring, I don't think there is a huge, I know it's a second year, I don't think there is huge upside in Sadiq Bay. No, I don't not know, a whole lot. I don't think he's going to start grabbing 10 boards or getting four assists or you know having gigantic usage or getting to the line a ton. I don't think he's going to do any of that. I think he's going to do what he does. The minutes are going to be great, and but that's fine here. This is the right spot. This is bang on. He was in, going to be in my queue to grab as well, and I think that's bang on there. Perfectly fine. He's going to get the minutes, and that's uh, what, all I'm heading for at this point is guys who are going to get the minutes. Um, all those minutes are going to start dry, driving up pretty soon. Yeah, oh, fuck. Moderna Porter Jr. I just went to put Tyrese Maxey onto my draft board and he just <laughs> took him at 113. Um, if there's no Simmons trade, Maxey's a top 100 player. If there is a Simmons trade and someone else comes back and takes that point guard job, then he drops back off. It is a risk, but you might draft him and get literally top 80 numbers for a month, two months. I don't know. Do they hold out until the All-Star break? I've got no idea what's going to happen there, but Maxey is a guy that was. I was just going to put him in my queue and he ended up going. It's your pick. You've got 20 seconds left. Um, Nerlens Noel goes at 112, really strong, because Mitchell Robinson might not be ready to start the season. And again, there's Noel, even in 20 minutes, can probably return this number. Now, I wouldn't take Noel at 80, which I've seen happen in some drafts, but at this point, it's great. Malik Beasley. All right, how the hell does Malik Beasley fit on this, this team now? I, 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 don't, I, I don't mind the pick here, but I, I don't know how he fits. I think he fits pretty... Do you think he's the starts? same way he fit last year? Right? Yeah, like he, I, I think he's going to be around. He's going to take some shots. He's going to last year carry though. some second team stuff. I, I I think he's fine. Like I, I don't love him. Like I don't think he's the, the the best guy in the world. But I think he'll play thirty some minutes and he'll shoot. I think he'll, he'll play, shoot. I think he'll play thirty minutes too. But what he did last year was with Anthony Edwards being bad and limited early on, and then with D'Angelo Russell being hurt, and then when Russell and Edwards were healthy slash good Beasley was out so we haven't really seen yes. how, and, and Towns was out in that mid stretch so we haven't really seen how those four all work together yet it just hasn't no happened idea. so he actually maybe they just say well we need defense and Joshua Kogi has to start or we start McDaniels and Vanderbilt because we need defensive forwards and Beasley plays a 28 minute but 30% usage role off the bench that could happen as well or they start him and go all offense and then he sits as the fourth offensive option and never touches it there's a lot of ways that that can go um but Otto Porter going at 115 is absolutely a reaction to the Wiggins news. And while you've seen Otto Porter trudge around in Chicago and be pretty bad, we've also seen him be pretty good in Washington. I don't think that he's the guy that you take there. In fact, don't. the guy that went after Jordan Poole is probably a better selection. 
yeah, don't do it. Don't draft out of Porter. Don't bother. Uh, he's never, he hasn't been healthy in like two years. No. He hasn't played more than like, I don't think he's played 30 minutes in two years. I should probably look at that, but I, I don't would, think he's played 30 games. Some money on it. Has he played 30 games in, in a season in two years? I don't think he has. No, no, absolutely not. Reggie Jackson's a great spot because he's going to play. He's yep. going to play a ton. And they're going to, oh, that's the other news. Eric Bledsoe is going to start for the Clippers. Not Terrence yes. Mann, not Nick Batum. So this is getting into, look, Bledsoe was absolutely dreadful last season. Yeah, miserable. He's, he's, the season before he was a top 60 guy and he was top 40 the year before that. There's no reason he can't at least be top 100 this season. I think we're getting into Eric Bledsoe territory. Ah, DeAndre Hunter was who I wanted to take, but he's gone. So after Reggie Jackson is yeah. Harrell, Harrison Barnes, Jay Sean Tate, DeAndre Hunter. I might have to start getting into the Eric Bledsoe business pretty soon here. Man, that's a that's a business I don't want to get into. I don't really um, want to do it either, but it's getting if he's gonna start, it's gotta we're gonna start getting he's close to gotta that. Gotta start, but is he going to finish? And uh by that, like is he part of that finishing five? Is he well, going to do anything that he is he gonna do anything that he didn't do last year? I, I don't know. I, it's he's a he's a weird one. Um what I've lost a lot do? of faith in him. I, I I don't want to go back to him at all. I'm going to take someone who I think might be the starting center for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's not Derek oh. Favors. How dare you? Let's go with Isaiah Roby. Um, That's a nice pick. I, there's some whispers coming from the Thunder that maybe he will start opening night. Um, I probably did need a guard, but I'll, I'll get that with my next pick. Um, Thad Young, he was awesome last season. The the Spurs still, Mike, have... They've got 17 guaranteed NBA contracts. Two guys need to go. I don't know who they're going to yeah. be. And it's I'm, really weird that um, they don't want him. I, I, I assume they want to trade him, right? But I don't know why they don't want to play him. Well, they've got, they've got to cut two guys. And I, I, one of them, I think, is going to be Al Farukuminu. I don't think there's any surprise there. Yeah. But nearly everyone else they brought in is someone they just brought in. They re- they just brought re-signed Keita Bates Diop, Jock Landau, Bryn Forbes. Like these, are, or they just drafted. Or there's not many guys who you go. Well, who's the obvious wave candidate on this team? There's there's not many. And I'm not no. saying they're going to wave that, but he makes no sense with what they're trying to do, or where they're trying to go. Um, and I think he'd be awesome on their team. That yeah. is fun. He's a great fantasy player too. Like the steals, the assists from a big out of kind of like late in the late in the draft or off your waiver wire. He's a great streamer. Um, I love that. Like I just think he's a great basketball oh, player. He seems like he's fantastic. But if the Spurs are literally just going to be like, see you later. Actually, that might be the best case scenario. Is they say see you later, somebody signs him. I'd say he probably ends up going to the team like Phoenix though and plays like backup behind Jay Crowder, Cam yeah. Johnson, 22 minutes a night, which is pretty much what he did in Chicago and it was pretty useful. But I just, yeah. I just don't know what they're going to do. There's still a lot to work out in San Antonio. And after Thad Young was Andre Drummond, which is curious. Although yeah. I, don't, I don't mind it here though. What are we talking 126? I, I don't mind it. But again, we're in a deeper league. This is your 10th or 9th pick, your ninth guy. So you're theoretically starting Andre Drummond every night. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a big no thanks for me. And this bloke just auto-drafted Larry Markinen as well. So Oof. I'm not really sure what's going on there. But I don't think those guys are at the top of the queue. So they must have been in his personal queue, which is, again, curious. I need a, uh, uh, The problem here is the guys that I want are all big men and I need a guard. So, uh, oh. Like I said, we'll be trading later in this season on this, in yeah. this league because 
Tim, oh, that was the right. Uh, Tim Hardaway. Tim That's Hardaway goes at one twenty-eight. So what do I want to do here? Hmm. You said you're in the Eric Bledsoe business. I see his name. Out there. I don't know if I'm in. I don't know if I'm in the business of getting Eric Bledsoe at this point. I might be in the. Is he? Ah, Jesus. I don't love this, but I do need some threes. Maybe Dunk Robinson is the guy for me here. Yeah, he's got guard eligibility. All right, let's go with Duncan Robinson. I know he's going to get minutes. Okay. And I know he's going to get three pointers. And I know he's going to hit three a game. I don't know what else he's going to do, but it's sort of what I'm needing there. And then hopefully some of these um, big men that I'm hoping to get can fall to me. They probably won't. But 129 for Duncan Robinson's fine. Bumba goes at 130. What are you making of the Bumba Wendell Carter scenario in Orlando? Yeah, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is a he's a basketball player. He's he's a professional starting basketball player, at least on the Orlando Magic. He will start. He will play pretty decently. He's not bad. He certainly is not bad at um, the role that they they want him. And if Mo Bamba, when when hasn't Mo Bamba had a shot to take the reins of the Orlando Magic center spot? He's had plenty of time. Um, I just don't see that going terribly well. I understand he had like five really good games at the end of last season that were kind of insane, but like, so did, um, I don't know, everyone who you've never heard of in the league. So is probably the the way they're going to go. After Bamba goes Ken Birch, who again had big numbers at the end of last season, but there was just so many weird, Siakam was out, Lowry didn't play, Van Vliet was in and out of the lineup and Birch played a lot of minutes and he's not going to play. 32 minutes a night. I'm, I'm pretty confident because Boucher will get some of those minutes. You'll see Acha will get some of those minutes as well. I think that he's a fine 27 minute a night center. Um, but yeah, prior to that, even the, the first few games in Toronto, he was nowhere near good enough to be rostered. And his numbers weren't no. spectacularly good. There's a guy sitting out there who hasn't been drafted. And I don't know why that's the case. I, I'll, I can talk to you because we're just mucking around here. Jaden McDaniels yeah. is still on the board. Well, I don't know why Jaden McDaniels is still there. Because oh, got, he's at the top of my queue. How, how convenient. In, Ingles goes at 132. Zubat's at 133. Nance at 134. He was another guy that I was a bit curious about. Ubre at 135. And then Gaz Trent at 136. And there you go. Jaden McDaniels off the board at 137. <sighs> That's probably 20 spots too low for McDaniels, I reckon. Now, I don't know how he gets enough touches in Minnesota. We talked about Malik Beasley, but I think he can do enough in terms of getting some boards and blocks and steals, which provides him the value. Um, They're sniping me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to do here. Um, I got a really weird um, a really weird build. Um, points, threes, uh, kind of assists. Yeah, it's um, just who cares about centers at this point. So I just kind of need someone who's like forward eligible at this point. And I want someone who plays a lot of minutes. And there might be some more touches in Orlando than I thought there would be. So I'm going to go with Terrence Ross. You just hope he stays in Orlando because he could. Okay, he's going to get a lot of shots, but if he uh, gets moved on, then he move, might move into a much smaller role. He's a guy oh, that yeah. is significantly underrated, I think. He's a pretty good player and for in, in the right role. And I wonder where he... He scored 50 points in a game, didn't he? At one point, yes, absolutely. He uh, he should be on the bench in every single standard league, and he is on the waiver wire in most standard leagues. Yep, I, I think he's going to have. Okay, if he plays 28, 29 minutes, he's going to take a lot of shots. He hits some threes. He'll score a bit. It could fall off completely as the season goes on, but I think it's worth having a look at at least at um, at this point in uh, in proceedings. 
Who else? Oh, Tyler Hero. That's who was on my list. So he's just went to uh, Moderna Porter Jr. there to finish out round 10. I think Hero is being significantly underrated. He was way overrated last season. People were drafting him in the 70s, which was obviously insane. That was silly. And now he's like in the 170s in in a lot of spots, which again is too low because he's going to get 30 minutes or so coming off the bench, I think. Yeah, he'll play plenty. Like, why wouldn't he? He's a very good NBA player. But he's kind of a one-trick pony, but here in the deeper league, you kind of want that guy who's going to play consistently, and he will. He'll get you some points. He'll get you some threes. Uh, he's young, too, but I don't think he improves too much after this. Um, where am I going here? That's back to you. Derek Favors went at 141. So it's back to you now. <clears throat> I don't like that big, but... I like the minutes. Once again, I'm going real boring in this uh, deeper league. No, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I think he's, yeah, again, he's like a 80, 75% Tobias Harris sort of player, Chris Middleton. Like he's yeah. just across the board below average. More, more like a San Antonio Spurs, Rudy Gay sort of an option where you just get numbers across the board. And that's sort of what Finney Smith, and I don't think his minutes, you're right, I don't think his minutes are in any danger at all. No. It's about play plenty. Um, I, I saw a lot of the rookies going earlier. Yeah. And got five, I don't know, five I don't know if gone. I love any of those rookies. You've got Suggs, Green, Mobley, Giddy, and Cunningham of all are all gone. I'm not sure when the next rookie goes. I think those five seem to be the clear five that get drafted. I don't know yeah, who I'm not sure another next. rookie should go. I think Shengun's an option. I'm now I I, I happily take him in the la- I would happily take him in the last round of a standard league just to see what happens because that's a completely you know useless draft spot where you can just move on if you need to. But you know in that same spot which is going to be this pick here round eleven, there's no way that I'm taking him in that area. If he falls to me at round thirteen, then I would consider Shengun, but not at this point. Oh, Bobby Portis was going to be one of my guys that I looked at. My oh, cue just got dropped off there. Melton at one forty four, Portis at one forty five. I want to look at Josh Hart. I think he's an interesting option. Oh, there goes Bledsoe. Josh Hart, yeah. for me, is uh, an option for my next pick. That's sort of what I'm looking at. And I think we're getting to the stage where I know I don't know when he's coming back, but I'm, we're into my bench. I can look at TJ Warren coming up soon, I think. Um, I think that, that can work for me. Uh, would you consider him coming up now, now that we're into your bench? Yeah, definitely. Uh, even in this deeper league, right, it will matter later when um, it seems like he will be um, healthy here in a few months. And when you suddenly plug in a guy um, who is easily a starter in most leagues that you got way, way late in a deeper league, it makes a, a world of absolute world of difference uh, instead of, you know, just dropping, um, you know, I don't know, LaMarcus Aldridge because you accidentally uh, drafted him. I just put LaMarcus Aldridge into my queue, actually, so we'll see if I end up picking him. I think he might start over Griffin or at least play 25 minutes or so. And again, pick 150. This is a guy that two years ago was a top 40 player. I don't think he's getting back anywhere near that and probably not no. in the top 100, but I don't mind the upside of him there. Killian Hayes or Warren just went at 147, actually. Hayes goes at 148. Batum goes at 149. There's a few guys that are on my queue there. So I'm going to debate whether it is Josh Hart or whether it is LaMarcus Aldridge for my next pick. Um look more confident about Hart playing more minutes. but Yeah, I think he will. All right. So but, ooh, I like Hayes. I like Hayes a lot. Yeah, he just went there. Uh, Morris, Marcus Morris at 150, Joe Harris at 151. Let's go with Joshy the Hitman Hart at this spot, and let's see if I can get Aldridge back around to me for the next selection. Josh Hart, really good rebounding guard, and just gives me a little bit more guard depth as well because I don't really have it. And he could have a significant role on this team, especially if Zion's out. They could start him and put Ingram at the four. 
Ooh, Eden's Cantor. I don't think Cantor's I mean, going to play. Yeah, like if he does play 23 minutes, that's a fantastic pick. How often is he going to play? Aldridge just went the pick before me. It's happening every time here. So yeah. after Josh Hart, it was Scotty Barnes, Ennis Cantor, John Wall. I think that guy must be on auto draft because they're just two weird back-to-back picks. Lamarcus Aldridge goes next. That's so my pick now. Now I've got to reassess what I'm doing because that is who I wanted to take. All right, so what do I need to do here? I want to get someone who can get me some steals. You know who I might get? I know he's out for the first three games, but people will get scared of this. Yeah. I might take your boy, Patrick Williams. Yeah, I like that. I had him on the queue. His four to six week time frame, Mike, was announced, but it was also backdated. And people didn't realize that. It wasn't four to six weeks from when it was announced. It was four to six weeks from when it happened. And it happened like a week before it was announced. So he should be ready to go, basically, if not opening night, a week into the season. It's not a long-standing injury. And they need him. They desperately need him to play. Yeah, otherwise you've got so, Derek Jones out there. Or bloody, um, who's the other bloke? Or Stanley Johnson. <laughs> yeah, no. Please don't put Stanley Johnson on the court at all. Uh, Patrick, I love Patrick Williams as an NBA player. The minutes are there, so in the deeper league, sure. Uh, fantasy-wise, like overall in standard league, he's just like, Will the Bulls score like 120 points a game? And will he still only score like 11? Probably. Um, so after Williams, Dennis Schroeder went, uh, which is absolutely great at this spot. Terrence Mann, his value takes a hit with Bledsoe starting, I think. And I think he was also, he was a guy that I looked liked as a last round pick, but it was just like, maybe he can improve on a bunch of stuff, but there's no guarantee that he does it. It's still not a bad spot. And then Seth Curry, Pretty solid here as well in, in mm. round 12. I wouldn't take Seth in a 12 team up, but I would in this sort of format. Yeah, definitely. Better do the normal stuff coming in, getting you threes, getting you the the playing time. Anything that's going to chip away, because we're talking about like legitimately like your first bench spot, second bench spot here. Yeah. Anything that will chip away throughout the season at this point, anyone's going to get that playing time, go for it. Um, and I think that's who I got uh, queued up here. Uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at uh, the legend himself, Derek Rose. Yeah, I think he's, even though. Yeah, no, I think it's right. I think it's the right spot for him. Yeah, even though he's um, you know coming off the bench at this point, he was coming off the bench for quite a bit of that New York season. Uh, he's, I think, Kimball Walker is suspect when it comes to health, and on the off night, if they're resting Kimba, here comes Derek Rose playing good minutes, just like he did last year, where he was a standard league player. Hmm. There's a lot of interesting guys left, actually. There's this weird lull, I feel like, right around somewhere between like one, 120 to one like 40, where it's just like, I don't like anybody. But then suddenly I like everybody down here. And there goes Derek Rose. So there, never mind. So after Kari was Marvin Bagley, <laughs> uh, Kyle Kuzma. Mm. Yeah, I don't know mm. about him. Lou Dort. I guess he'll play. Will he though? Like, I, I, he will play. But people just think, well, now he's off the Lakers, that there's just huge minutes. And. There's not really because Incontavious Caldwell Pope is going to play. You've got Denny Avdia. You've got yep. Rui Hachimura. You've got Davis Bertans. Look, it's not. Look, and how how many of those can you say Kyle Kuzma is significantly and definitely better than Denny Avdia? Yes. Can you say that Kuzma is better than Bertans or Hachimura or KCP? Not really. So maybe no. they just get like 24 minutes each. I don't know how it works. That could be just like a complete... That's a crapshoot. I'm looking forward to preseason to see what's actually going to happen there. Um, 
yeah, the Kyle Kuzma hype, even taking him this low, right? Like it's it's still your, Kyle your Kuzma pick, by the way. isn't that great. Your pick. <sighs> Danny Green went yeah. and then Aaron Gordon went, which is a great spot for Aaron Gordon. Actually, I don't love him in a 12 mm-hmm. term, but this is a great spot for him. Yeah, I like Aaron Gordon this late in this draft. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should double down on Orlando Magic players. Um, There's a couple out Chuma. there. That, yeah, Chuma. Yep. Chuma plays. Um, and if he if Isaac's out, he will play. Yep. And he was pretty decent uh, last season in decent minutes. So he'll continue probably to get at least, at the very minimum, decent minutes to keep his value up. Yeah. There's slim pickings down here. Okay, you got two picks before your next one. Um, I can see at the top of this list, Paddy Mills is sitting there. Do you think that yeah. Kyrie missing games is going to make Paddy Mills draftable? I don't think they're going to... Ex- I think what they do is they just put more minutes into, say, a Cam Thomas. Instead of him playing 10 minutes, he plays like 18 minutes, and then you get more for Bruce Brown. I think Mills is going to just be playing 23 a night, irrespective, basically. Yeah, it's so wild that, like, Mills' international ball, he's... <laughs> absolutely out of control but then uh when it comes to the nba he's just kind of like uh relegated to just kind of a bench role your pick the, there could be some upside there i just don't um, think they're going to extend him huge amounts to be honest probably not um, i kind of need a little bit more i want somebody who's going to actually play and i kind of want oh, so you're really leaning into the most boring players available yeah voice o'neill and dorian finney smith it's like spider-man memes here spider-man pointing <laughs> memes like who can do the least with the most minutes solid three and some rebounds and maybe a steal a night it's super boring right like it, there's i don't think there's any glamour in a deep league and uh, i kind of actually shy away from deep leagues simply because there is a lot of fun with playing around with the waiver wire uh, snagging guys after really good games. And when a majority of the league is rostered, you lose that uh, you lose that aspect of the game. Then it has to come through trades. Now, if you have a fun league that likes to trade and is very active and stuff like that, then that's awesome. That's that's fantastic, and you can kind of push through that, um, that deep league problem. But uh, if the waiver wire is dead, sometimes the league dies off too. Yeah, that, that, that can be a problem. There's no no doubt about that. I think deeper leagues help people who don't have the time to sift through the waiver wire every day as well because it's more more about the draft and you can concentrate on other leagues. So it, it, it depends on, on what you're looking at. Now, after O'Neill went Matisse Thibel, who I think will get an, a boost if Simmons isn't there because they just need his defense, but he still has obviously his limitations. Isaac Okoro, another one of those guys, Mike, who at the end of last season put up really good numbers, but how real is it? I'm I'm not convinced that he's going to come in and play that level with that usage. It's not going to, yeah. A lot of people are yeah. so like hyped on him. People, I heard people last year at that point in the season when he was putting up those numbers say, "Oh, you're not going to be able to get him outside the top 60." I went, "You guys are dreaming. Like you have not only got one hand on it, you've got both hands on it, and your best mates on it. That's how bad you're you're uh, you're jerking us off here. There's no way that's no. going to happen." Um, that's insane. I I mean, like, could we be looking at a Coro being like? A Tony Snell level zeros across the board guy Possibly. in like four years, five years. Possibly, like I think he's a, I think he's got more to show in terms of his playmaking and his um, passing. I think he can do that, but I'm not sure he's ever going. Like he was, he was barely from memory a top 300 player last year. 
Um, and the minutes weren't an issue. All right, so let's recap. After Okoro went Hachimura, DiVincenzo, who's going to miss the start of the season, Faku Kampato, who I don't think he's going to start, but not a bad pick here. Jay Crowder, okay. which I think is really, really a solid pick. I, I love that at 176. Shengun goes at 177. Malachi yeah. Flynn, go, okay, it's my pick. Talk to me about Malachi Flynn. I love him. I think he's a great pick from Toronto. I like him as a player, but he's their fourth guard at the moment. Dragic, Van Vliet, Trent. How is he getting enough minutes to be useful as I try to make my pick as I was going to pick Cole Anthony and he just goes. So that shits me. Yeah. When does, when does Flynn play? Like, um, when does the opportunity, even the opportunity come and like deeper league, like we are currently talking about the, the minutes are going to be super limited and unless something weird happens with an injury or whatever, then Flynn comes in. I don't think they're trying to build Flynn up. Like, I don't think they're, Saying, oh yeah, like eventually we're gonna transition to this guy being in our, you know, starting seven or like a, a rotation seven or rotation eight. I just don't think it's gonna happen. So I feel like it's kind of a waste of a pick getting a guy who will play what, like fifteen minutes, sixteen minutes a game. I guess they're banking right. on Dragic leaving, which is possible. Um, after so I picked Ricky Rubio. I just. Um, I, don't that's where my I don't really necessarily need his assists, but I do want his steals, and he's going to play. This the, the Cavs roster has no guards. There's Garland and Sexton, and then it's Rubio. Unless you want to put Denzel Valentine in, which is gross, you want to play um, Dylan Windler, who's probably more of a four than a two, unless you play him at the two. Chetty Osman, there's not many actual useful guards there. But after Rubio, Devin Vassell, which I love as a pick. I love Vassell. Uh, Patty Mills, 182, great. Darius Baisley, 183. I'm not sure. Goran Dragic at 184, which is pretty good there for Dragic. Oh, it's back to my pick as I'm just waffling on talking shit oh, yeah. and didn't realize it was my selection. <laughs> this is my last pick. So what I can do in this spot is grab a guy that is not going to be ready to start the year and I think could be interesting. I'm going to take Michael Fultz. Just, okay. just see what happens there. He's not going to be ready. I saw a... Um, not not to you know, shade these guys, but uh, the, the blurb for Markel Fultz today over on NBC Sports Edge says he's not going to be ready to start the season, which is clear. But it says that you know that's a little bit weird considering it's been 11 months since he tore his ACL, which is not true. He tore it in January. So 11 months would be a return in December, two months after the start of the season. So him not being back for October, which is what? It's at a nine-month nine it's basically a nine-month return. That is not a surprise to anybody. Nobody, I don't think anybody should have been expecting him back in nine months. No, that's far too soon. Like so, a year is pretty standard. I right? think. I think what? Uh, yeah, look, eleven months. You can get ten months sometimes. Eleven months is is about normal a year. But like, I think what they're looking at is oh, he tore it in the second month of the season, and a normal season that would be November. So you'd expect maybe he'd be back in October, but he didn't. He tore it in January. So an October return, I don't think it was ever ever on the cards. Nine months is really pushing it and I don't. the Magic don't need to push it. They don't need him back no. because we're making a big move of, of things. Now, let's just recap what happened. After Fultz went, Clay Thompson, um, yeah, I, at 185, fine. I've seen him go in the 80s in drafts, which is, is stupid. Muxy Kleber, Kevin Herter, Jamal Murray, the injured guys all flying off here. Davis Bertans, which has got gigantic upside if he re re regains some form. Cam Johnson, at 191, I was going to take him with my selection. And then at Joshie Richardson at 192, who I am interested to see what he ends up doing in Boston. And we've got four picks left. Mike, who are you targeting for your pick? I'm looking kind of between two guys. Uh, could go the injured route, could go Oladipo, but like, I, who knows when oh, he's yeah, going to be back. No idea. Right? And even when he comes back, 
how quickly will they bring him back in the fold? Um, I could go the Thomas Bryant injury, injury pick, but then that's a kind of a mess as well. We talked about you know, being a fourth guard. Oladipo is the fourth guard on that team. Lowry, Robinson, Hero. Like, yeah. You can talk about how good he was in 18, 19 or whatever, but the last two years, he hasn't been as good as those other three players. And he's coming back from a significant injury. So I'm not, I'm not confident in him coming back and doing great things. Yeah. When will they? When will they bring him back into like a, a regular minute where it matters? Mm-hmm. Maybe never. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not till next year. And yep. even even then, see what happens. Um, I actually am kind of interested in Caruso at this stage because of the injuries on the Bulls. Just to get some stats at the beginning of the season, he's obviously someone who's droppable. Um, and I like Theo. Like Theo's probably going to play decently. Um, <clears throat> sure pick now. Davion Mitchell went mm. again. You want to talk about fourth guards? There's a fourth guard for you. I don't really don't, don't think he's going to be playing yeah. a huge amount. I got too many guards. Um, way too many guards. So I'm just going to go injury pick. I'm going to go Thomas Bryant. Fair enough. So, and we'll just see what happens. And then again, you put him straight into IR, then you grab someone off the waiver wire, especially when you're at this spot here. You just grab him and then you go and add that next person. And then the last pick coming through here, we're just waiting on that to come through from Moderna Porter Jr. Cameron Payne, absolutely fine. Um, I think even in a backup role, Cameron Payne can um, can give us that value of that spot. Mike, let's um, let's recap what our teams look like. Do you want to read through what your squad looks like? Sure. Um, well, for some reason, I did go Westbrook in the third round, but Harden Westbrook is an interesting, I think, um, start to a draft because you're you are pitching pulling yourself into like these like counting stats that do come, but in a deeper draft, those stats kind of dry up a little bit. Uh, Harden, Russ and CJ as my guards. Uh, Randall probably took him a little early, but I like him across the board. I like the points. I like what he does. Um, I think he's going to be fine in New York. I, I don't think the, the, the touches get too weird there where suddenly he's like playing back fiddle to, to Kimba or anything like that. Uh, I got uh, Bogdan from Atlanta, Sadiq Bey as my other forward, and Pascal Siakam as my center. I don't actually have a center. Like Pascal Siakam is not really a center. Um, so completely punting blocks, uh, definitely um, going to be punting field goal percentage. So getting more centers was never in the cards. So I went with scorers. I went with three-pointer guys and guys who are going to play minutes, especially in like a 14-team league. You want people who are going to actually hopefully start and if not, play pretty close to 30 minutes as possible. And I try to fill out the roster with the rest of those guys. So Malik Beasley, uh, Finney Smith, Miles Bridges, who I really I really like. I think he takes a little bit of a leap this year. I think he's going to be top 75 guy. Like, I, I just really think Miles Bridges' opportunity here is good. Charlotte's going to be fun. Terrence Ross with uh, potentially no Isaac coming through. He's going to play a lot, but also Terrence Russ is great in any standard league. He's always a bit underrated, always hanging around on the waiver wire. Uh, double down on the Orlando guys, uh, Okiki, and then Royce O'Neal and Thomas Bryant to round out the fact that uh, apparently you do have to play centers every once in a while. Apparently you do. My team, <laughs> pick one, uh, round one, Anthony Davis. Then I went with Jimmy Butler. Then I went with Tobias Harris just to help a little bit more stability after those first two guys. Didn't love the way I started, but I was happy with how it ended up. Rashawn Holmes at four, uh, round four, kept getting sniped. And I wanted Jaron and Chris Stapps in that area. Number five, round five, I went with Isaiah Stewart loading up on bigs. Kemba Walker, round six at pick 73. Uh, his teammate, Evan Fournier, in round seven. Kelly Linick, round eight, pick 101. Isaiah Roby, round nine. 
Dunk Robinson at 129, round 10. And then my bench consists of Josh Hart, Patrick Williams, Rick Rubio, and Markel Fultz. A few extra guards there for me to slide in. Of course, Fultz won't be ready to start the season, as we just discussed. If I have a look at my projected standings over on Basketball Monster, Moderna Porter Jr., who had the number one pick, comes out first. I came out second. Josh is my actual papa, was third. And then you came out uh, fourth, Mike. So that is... uh, then Liberty Lake Mastiffs and Team TJ Walker, that rounds out the top six. Um, and no surprise, Team Pegasus Snow, who was auto-drafting towards the end, came out last. And that's what happens if you auto-draft. And that's it. Yeah. auto-drafting is basically the same as drafting off a rankings list, guys. And uh, it doesn't work in fantasy basketball unless you're in a points league. You need to have context. You need to have team build. You need to have scarcity all factored into it. Mike, I've kept you far too long. Thank you for coming on and uh, and Thanks, chatting man. about uh, this draft and all of your thoughts on fantasy basketball. Where can people find you on the old socials? Yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, you can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find the podcast anywhere. Uh, podcasts are downloaded. Watching the Boxes, go check it out. Um, and go and you know subscribe to Tyler's Twitter too. Tyler P Watts W T T S. Shout out Tyler. He knows he knows way more than I do. So. Go follow him. Go and follow both of those guys over on Twitter. Mike, thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Josh. All right, guys. So, draft is over. Now, I've got to tell you, because I'm, I'm, I'm out of energy. I need to go take a Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars ever. Built Bar has amazing flavors right across the board, whether it's strawberry, raspberry, orange, cookies and cream, caramel, salted caramel, uh, mint brownie, whatever it is. Built Bar is going to have you covered, I can assure you there. But not only are they delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories per bar, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has everything you need in that protein bar. Now, you can get them at 15% off at Built.com. So head to Built.com, get yourself a box, two boxes, three boxes of the best tasting protein bar ever, and get them at 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Football is back and it's better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one source for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code NFL100 for a 100% match deposit on your first deposit. Just for signing up, that is all you need to do from football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you right now. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Guys, that will uh, end up doing it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And again, I do thank you guys for making this show the first podcast that you listen to every day. If you do do that, it's amazing. And I really, really appreciate everybody doing that. Going on YouTube as well, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, subscribe, hit the notification bell, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.